Hey, Christy, we're back. It's September 6th. You know what You know what this means, right? It obviously means college football because I still have boys. <laughs> well, I, I'm rubbing off on you. Yeah. So, yes, it does mean college yes. football, but also no because <laughs> yes. it's September and yes. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And so that's why I said it's September. But let's go back to the football thing. Yeah. So Because it is. College football is back. Yes. And, the countdown uh, starts at our house well, about an hour and a half after the national championship yeah, game and, finishes. Uh, and it's just, it is full on now. Yes. Every Saturday is now a fun-filled Saturday for the next three months. So it pretty really excited is. About And that. I do, in all fairness, I love college football, but I love September more, mainly because it's Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, which is really special for our family, and it's time for everybody to go gold. Um, this month, we're really going to get to shine a light on some really special stories. We're going to be sharing the impact of pediatric cancer. We're going to remember some really special kids that left us, and we're going to be able to celebrate some really great families. Yeah, it's going to be a really, really impactful month. So for our first story, we get to talk with a very special friend of ours, uh, and that's Michael Lage. And he's going to be sharing about his experience of losing his brother to cancer back when they were kids. Uh, And so Michael has been married to Monica for 10 years. They live here in Atlanta, where we're at. He's been a part of Lighthouse for years. And together, him and Monica, they've got four little ones of their own. And one is very little. One new, very, very new, very little one. Within a couple months. Yes. Yes. So today when we talk to Michael, he's going to talk about how he was impacted by childhood cancer when his youngest brother, Tim, was diagnosed with osteosarcoma. And he walked with Tim through a lot. I mean, they went through chemo and amputation, physical therapy, learning to use a wheelchair, like all the things as the big brother. And what I love about his story is it's the most challenging story to listen to, but somehow Michael and his family, especially his parents, they really leaned on God and they just prayed consistently and constantly. So he's also going to reflect on memories of Tim and share some really great stories and how he's grateful for how the journey impacted him in just so many ways as a man and a husband and now as a father. Yeah. So let's listen in on this conversation. Well, hey, Michael Lage, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, man. I'm super excited that you are joining us. Um, hey, for folks that are not familiar with you, we obviously, Christy and I know you, we know you well. Um, give everybody just a quick little snapshot of who are you and uh, and then and then kind of lead that into some background and some history on your story and, and where childhood cancer uh, became part of your story. Sure thing. Thanks uh, for having me, Chris and Christy. What a, uh, what a pleasure uh, to be able to share, uh, my story on the podcast. Um, yeah, so I'm, I've been married to my wife, Monica for 10 years. We live right in Atlanta, uh, and Virginia Highland, and we've got three kids soon to be four kids. Um, and, uh, so life is really, really full right now. And life is really good right now. Uh, our kids, uh, ranging, we got eight, an eight-year-old, a near six-year-old, a three-year-old, and then a newborn on the way. And so, we're very, very excited and life is very full. But uh, to kind of go back to the beginning of my story, when I was um, a freshman in high school, I went to high school in Roswell uh, in Atlanta, uh, just north of Atlanta. And um, when I was a freshman in high school, found out, um, actually, I'd finished up a baseball game at Henry Park. You guys hmm. may know. It was, uh, it was a tragic loss. I'll just say that, which uh, <laughs> I... I was playing third base and I booted the ball to end the game. So that was not, uh, that was not good, but, um, I, you know, I'll never forget it. Um, not so much for that reason, but I got into the car with my dad, uh, that night and we were, um, you know, we were processing the game. And then my dad let me know that, um, my younger brother, uh, four years, um, younger than me, my younger brother, Tim was diagnosed with osteosarcoma. 
and cancer in his knee. Um, and so our family at the time was my older sister, Terry, um, then me, my younger brother, Matt, who's two years younger. And then my um, youngest brother, Tim, who was diagnosed with osteosarcoma. And that really launched us into a journey that um, I know many of your listeners know well. And so that was, that was sort of how uh, our life got shook up and, uh, and turned around by childhood cancer. So when your parents, when your dad explained that to you, did he go into um, like what the treatment was going to look like or what the prognosis was? You know, it's a, details are hazy because it was so long ago. Um, it, it was evident that it was something that they had been um, on the journey on a little bit already. I'm trying to get a sense for what was going on with Tim. Tim was having um, issues with his knee and man, they tried all kinds of things to figure out what it was. Um, but uh, he did share that um, Tim was going to have to undergo chemotherapy and would be spending some time in the hospital. Um, but that really became quickly evident. It seemed like it was pretty fast after that, that we were spending uh, a lot of days and nights uh, at Scottish Rite Children's Hospital um, as Tib started chemotherapy. Some things have changed since then, but was it where it was literally, you know, your mom would be at the hospital with them and dad at home or dad would be at the hospital, mom at home, Were they both gone? Like, how did that, what did treatment look like? Do you remember much from that perspective? It, it all feels, it feels like a little bit of all of that. It just feels like it was a constant juggle and that most, most weeks, someone was at the hospital. Someone is at, was at home. My brother and I would sometimes be in the hospital visiting. Sometimes we'd be at home. Um, it sort of went throughout my entire freshman year of high school um, where it felt like there was always something going on. Tim um, ended up uh, in the midst of his treatment, having to have his leg amputated he did what's called a turnaround surgery with a cancer in his knee. And they had to um, literally turn around the bottom of his foot so that it could um, insert into a prosthetic leg. And so um, a big part of the journey was walking with Tim through that as he went through physical therapy and tried to learn how to walk again. Um, and so that was an intense part of it, having a wheelchair in the house. And I remember we would, we would play wheelchair games. Uh, that was what my brother and I thought was really, my other brother and I thought was cool, yeah. um, was doing that. But, um, so that was in the midst of his journey too, was not just the chemotherapy, but also the physical therapy that came after, um, he had to have his leg amputated. What do you remember, Michael, about treatment, um, from the perspective of you guys as siblings? Like what did your parents do, uh, in that season, uh, because they obviously a lot of their time spent at the hospital managing Tim, not knowing what's next. And so a lot of their attention went there. What did they do um, with you guys to, to make sure that um, you guys stayed connected? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, my, uh, my parents are, uh, are my heroes um, for a lot of different reasons. But I think back to um, the season um, that, Tim, that Tim was sick. And the way they managed it, I don't know how they did it. Um, but what was always really evident uh, in the midst of it was that we were going to be okay. Um, it, it just felt like in hindsight, it's actually supernatural the way that they operated, the way that they cared for us, um, the things they did to engage us, which I'll share a little bit about. Um, but uh, in the midst of it, it just felt like, oh, this is just what you do. This is just what families who live through this do. They lean on God. They pray consistently. Hmm. Um, but I know that, that that was supernatural just in the midst of the hardship that they were, they were walking through. You know, some things that come to mind in the midst of treatment um, 
or maybe this was leading up to it or in the midst, it's a little bit of haze, but I know my dad used to always, um, have my brother and I brought my brothers and I together um, on Sunday afternoons and we would do a Bible study and we would just pick a book of the Bible and we would read it and we would just talk about it as, um, you know, uh, teenagers or soon to be teenagers all talking about uh, the Bible together. And that just created a foundation and a relationship that I felt, thought was really, really rich. Um, you know, one of my favorite memories in the midst of, um, treatment, um, is growing up. I was a huge Michael Jordan fan, a huge fan of the Chicago Bulls. We used to watch all the games, even though we were living in Atlanta, we would watch all the games on WGN, uh, back in the day. And my dad, um, found a way to get tickets to the NBA finals. And he took, unfortunately, my brother, Tim was going through treatment, but he took my brother, Matt and I to go watch Michael Jordan play in the NBA finals. And um, a trip that I'll never forget for so many different reasons. But again, in hindsight, in the midst of it, I thought, oh, this is just what my dad, what my dad does. He's taking us on an experience and adventure. But in hindsight, how supernatural that uh, my parents were going through that. But my dad said, you know what? It's important enough um, for me to engage with my other boys that I'm going to go take them on this experience. Yeah, he had to be super intentional yeah. to think that through, right? Because of all, like you said, supernatural. When you look back, of all the different, all the different things that are pulling him in so many different directions with treatment and managing everything that that Tim was going through, um, to be able to be uh, that intentional to carve that time. That yeah, that says a lot. And hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking at how even how more intentional to know. What does that mean to you today, like looking back? And it's been a lot of years, but you're a parent now of littles. Like, what does that mean to you having those memories of those experiences and that that's how your parents chose to walk you through? And again, like Chris said, I can't even imagine. And they probably, I'm I'm wondering, I'm curious if you've ever talked to them about it. Like, they couldn't have felt super confident that they were doing a great job because no parent going through this feels like, yeah, I'm killing this whole thing. You know, that they probably worried that they weren't doing enough for you guys. And what a... What a gift for you to be able to say years later, yeah, you, it meant these little things meant so, so much to us. Yeah. Um, thanks for asking, Christy. I mean, it's, um, I think the, the best evidence that it matters so much is I remember it so vividly. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, the, these are the stories and the experiences that I think form the foundation of who I am. And in the midst of the shakiest ground that uh, I ever walked on in my life, I didn't feel shaky in the midst of it. It mm. just felt like um, I had a mom and dad who were bearing um, bearing the weight of it um, in a way that my brother and I could just, you know, be kids and enjoy each other and have experiences. Um, I remember my uh, my dad. Um, us and we had some friends coming from out of town. They took us whitewater rafting for the day, and I think that may have been the day that Tim had his um, procedure. And so think about that. Um, whether it was the same day around the same time, uh, my brother's getting ready to have his leg amputated and um, my dad takes my other brother and I whitewater rafting to have the wherewithal of like, okay, you want to be there with your son who's going through this and yet you want to go have this experience with your your boys. Um, again, in hindsight, as a parent, I go, oh my gosh, that was unbelievable um, to be able to have that strength and that int- level of intentionality. But I would tell you too, Chrissy, it just like, it's all the little things like that. Those were big things, those trips for us, but it was just the, it was the day-to-day time, the day-to-day experiences together. It was playing video games together in the hospital room. It was feeling like we were a part 
of the journey as hard as it was yeah. instead of just kind of extras on the side of a journey that my mom and dad were on with Tim. It felt like as crazy as it sounds, it felt like it was a family adventure as challenging and as um, heartbreaking as, as that, as the adventure was. What did it do for you and, and uh, your brother, Matt's relationship? That's a good man. That's a great question. Uh, makes me, uh, makes me smile thinking about it. Um, not a lot in the midst, like while we were going through it, I wouldn't say we, I mean, we were, you know, we were still uh, young teenage uh, guys. So I don't know that we um, had an instant unspeakable bond or anything, but I think it's more happened over the course of time where you just, you gain a level of appreciation and gratitude um, for the shared experience that we went through. Um, but also a level of appreciation and gratitude that like we, we get to have one another and you get to have that experience. I mean, your siblings, you'll know your siblings longer than anyone else um, on the planet. Right. Um, if things go well. And so, um, that's, that's been really, really awesome for Matt and I, Matt and I, um, are incredibly close still. Um, we bond over Georgia football and uh, all things sports and um and so it's uh it's fun to kind of uh, to have gone through that experience but still be incredibly close today yeah that's great so michael you're at some point your parents had to have some tough conversations with you guys as tim's um treatment progressed do you remember how they handled that and having the the, the hardest of hard conversations yeah um, there were some certainly some hard moments when um with them being intentional about inviting us um, into the process. Um, I remember, um, them being on the line with, um, Tim's doctor when Tim's doctor gave, uh, a pretty bleak, um, prognosis about what, about what we were, what, uh, he was heading towards, um, forks in the road about treatment. And do you do this or do you do that? I remember those conversations happening. Um, uh, I specifically, you know, remember playing, um, my dad taking me to play golf and I, I can almost, we were at Brookfield West playing golf and I, I could almost probably pick out the hole we were on, but he, um, he asked me, Hey, have you, have you thought about what it could be like if Tim died? And, um, that was a super, that's a super hard question to hear and a super hard question to process. Um, but I'd say my dad created a space that let me process it and process it with him um, to where it didn't seem so terrifying. Um, and that was a really, I mean, that's a really fragile point in my, in my faith journey too. And so um, for him to walk um, me through that meant, meant a lot so that as we got to the point where, you know, Tim ultimately did pass away, um, it didn't feel, it, it was um, sad enough um, and it was hard enough, but it felt like being a little bit more on solid ground because my uh, my parents had engaged us uh, in that conversation. And I feel like that had to be hard for them. Like you want to protect your kids, you know, like you do you. It's a conversation you have to have, but they probably also wish they didn't have to have it and like wanted to protect you all. So I think that's super brave of them to still want to protect you, but like invite you into the conversation. Yeah, for sure. I remember one, uh, whether it's intentional or not, I know, um, 
they also gave space for Matt and I to just have time with Tim. Um, we spent a lot of time together playing video games. I remember one of my last times together with Tim was, um, I think my folks had to go to the grocery store or something, or my mom did and just said, Hey, would you mind sitting with Tim? And so, um, having those experiences that I'll never forget mean, mean so much in the midst of it. So I, again, it's supernatural and I'm sure they would tell you it was supernatural and that it wasn't their own strength or power, but it just felt like, um, they again, gave us a safe space to land. They engaged us in the hard conversations. They invited us into the journey. They gave us time to um, spend time together as brothers. And um, yeah, it, it, it's hard to describe. I wish I could like go, hey, here's the playbook on how you do this well. But I think um, I, I specifically remember some of the things that they did and it was really rich. Yeah. So Michael, you're a parent now to almost a full b basketball team. Because um, <laughs> that's how we rank families is by the sports team size of there. <laughs> uh, you've got an even match of, um, of between your kids of doubles pickleball. Um, um, but now you're a parent, right? And so how has your story and learning from your parents how has that impacted you and your parenting? Infinite ways that I'll never know and a few ways that I think about constantly. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember, uh, so Hannah's our oldest and um, I, I can't re exactly remember what it was. Maybe she was sick or not feeling well. She's eight years old or she had something going on. And I think I was processing with my dad um, and he said, um, he looked at me, he said, Hey, remember Michael, um, she doesn't belong to you. Mm. And it was really simple and straightforward. And I didn't really think anything of it when he said it. And then it's something I've come back to countless times, especially because the weight of his words are that much more substantial given that, um, I know he walked through losing, losing Tim, losing his son. And so the reality of what he meant, of course, was that she belongs to God and we're just stewarding um, our kids' growth and development. And um, I think, you know, the weight of that come at comes with experience of having to really, really let go and realize this is not, this is not entirely on our shoulders. Yeah. Um, this is really um, God. God has a plan for our kids. He's got a story he's writing. We are blessed that we get to be a part of it. But at the end of the day, um, they don't belong to us. Yeah. Um, so that was, that's, that's affected me. Um, I'll say one of the other things that we've been intentional to do, um, and it's, it's turned into a lot of round of text messages, but for a while or for, um, several years after Tim died on his birthday, we would get together and go have dinner and, um, we'd go around the horn and just tell Tim stories, our favorite stories of Tim. Um, and I think doing that as a family was so healthy because it reminded us of him, of his memory, of that experience that we walked through. It also helps solidify a lot of these things that I'm, that I'm even talking about today. So they don't feel so foggy. They can remain really, really big um, milestones in our, in my faith journey, which again, like talk about affecting my parenting anything that comes up challenging now in life, certainly with regard to parenting. And I realize 
that I am heading into the thick of parenting. I haven't even gotten started. Okay. We're <laughs> yeah, still tired from them not sleeping at night. So we're heading into the thick of, of parenting. And I know that as we head into the thick of parenting, just that, um, that reminder that God uses this journey to shape us, to refine us, to make us stronger, to draw us to utter and complete reliance on him. Um, that's, that's what I'll continue to hold on to. Um, you know, no matter what we, we enter into. Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite Tim story? Oh, so many. Um, I, uh, so, so many good stories. I mean, I just remember distinctly, um, we played so much Mario Kart. (laughs) I mean, you know, you just have so much time where you're sitting and there's IVs or then he comes home and he's sitting and he's resting. And so like, we wore out Mario Kart, which, by the way, is still cool. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it, my kids play that. <laughs> I bought it on the Switch so that I could play with my kids. And it oh, felt like a so full, full circle moment. And by the way, I still smoke them. Okay, so I still... Yeah, don't let them start winning. <laughs> um, but Tim, we just, we would play Mario Kart. And Tim um, would, you know, talk trash um, with with the best of them. And so... Uh, I just remember the countless hours of of doing that together, which was which is really really sweet. So thanks for asking. That's awesome. I love that you play that with your kids now. Yeah. What um, what has the story looked like um, with your kids? How have you brought them into the story? Yeah, yeah. We we talk about um, we talk about Uncle Tim, and um, it's really surreal that um, my wife Monica and the kids have never met Tim and. Uh, Monica would tell you that she feels like she has because he's such an integral and rich part of who I am and my story. Um, I mean, you just can't separate us. Uh, It's been, um, gosh, how long has it been? 39, 20 plus years since Tim died. And yet he's feels as close and, uh, I feel as close knit to him as, as I do in that moment. And so it's kind of, it's sort of crazy, but he is an integral part of the story. So we talk about uncle Tim, we talk about how uncle Tim, um, is in, is in heaven. And that, uh, I get to tell my kids that they're going to get a chance to meet uncle Tim one day, um, which is really, really sweet. And, um, uh, and so, yeah, we, that, that's kind of how he's entered the story is we'll talk about, Hey, when it's uncle Tim's birthday or, Hey, you remember uncle Tim who went through treatment and then he, you know, he died, but he's up in heaven now. And so yeah. it's been a sweet way to engage them and continue to honor his memory. And also like talk about hard things that, you know, kids are thinking about and grappling with, but you're either going to like engage them with it or you're not. And so it's kind of back to your original question of how, how have I drafted off of what I learned from my parents is my parents, like they engage us in hard conversations because kids are wondering, kids are smart. They think they process. And like the best thing you can do is just enter into it, even though it's awkward and hard and you don't really know how to approach it or what words to say. And um, that's kind of how I've tried to do it with, with my kids when we talk about uncle Tim. Yeah. Gosh, Michael walk, walk through last thing. Um, you know, there's parents that are listening. They're in the middle of it. They're where your parents were, right? And they're they're struggling with just this um, this uh, this time and and even a little bit of guilt of 
of I'm spending so much time with the child on treatment and I need to spend more time with the siblings and it's just hard, right? What would you share as a sibling, right, that's on the other side of it and been through this? What would you share um, with those parents? Um, you know, the words that just come right to mind, Chris uh, and Christy thinking about this is marriage matters most. Like marriage matters most. Um, that like solid ground that I talked about before, it's just because I always sense that my mom and dad were on solid ground together. And I can only imagine the behind the scenes conversations and challenges and probably even fights and things that they were working through with each other um, that I never knew about. Um, but I've been married long enough now to know that like when you go through hard things, like you do it together and it affects your relationship. And so I would share that, that like leaning in with one another, um, that has a major ripple effect across the family. Um, that's really significant. I remember walking downstairs and seeing my parents holding hands, praying at the kitchen table. Um, when I would grow up, which I thought was super weird as a high school kid, but like now come to realize how powerful that was. Um, so I'd say marriage matters most. Uh, I would say go have the awkward, hard, painful conversations. Um, and it won't like what I don't remember is how my dad had the conversation exactly. I just remember that he did it, that he like, he had it with me and he talked with me about that stuff. Um, that's what, uh, I remember the most. Um, and then, um, you know, what I want, I'd want to just share is like, um, you know, give yourselves grace, like, Oh, it's just so hard. And, um, I would just, just pray that, um, parents could give themselves grace and receive grace from God that he is for them and he's going to walk with them through it. Even if, um, even if they don't do it all right and they don't, um, if they don't get it right all the time. Yeah. Those are good Um, words. Michael, when you and I first talked about doing this podcast, you said that you wanted a way to honor your parents and um, wow, I was doing really good till just then. Um, as a mom and especially a mom of boys, I can't think of a better way to honor your parents than saying, gosh, they did it right. Cause I'm pretty sure somewhere in there, they probably thought they weren't. Um, and to have you and your brother and your sister and just be like, you're, you're okay. And you have families and saying that all these little things that they probably didn't think mattered a lot at the time that mattered so much to you now, 20 something years later is like just, you couldn't think of a better way to honor your parents, honestly. They did an amazing job, and um, I wish I could meet him someday and tell him mm-hmm. that, but this this podcast will have to do. So thank you for sharing what is a really hard story for you and being so open about it and telling all the hard stuff, because we we just really appreciate you. Yeah. You know, share again that God is just so good, and he is so faithful, and he's writing uh, a continuous and ongoing story with twists and turns, and that was a really, really hard season for us now we're experiencing so many joys right now. My parents have, um, uh, 10 soon to be 11 grandkids. Did I get that right? I may have forgotten. <laughs> oh, soon to be 11 grandkids. Oh, wow. Um, we go visit and play at the lake. They are super engaged with all of our kids. Um, we're friends, we enjoy each other. And so it's just like, you know, God's writing a really cool story, but yeah, uh, my mom and dad are my heroes and, uh, prayers that, that everyone listening will get a dose of encouragement, uh, about the story that God's writing. 
I've always been grateful to Michael for being so willing to share um, stories about Tim and just the whole story of what they went through. And I love that we got to take time to also just celebrate special stories about them as a family. Yeah. It was just really impactful to watch him talk about that story and how much it had made an impact on him still to this day. Grateful also that we were able to share this story for our very first week of Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Yeah, same here, Christy. Um, Just really um, grateful for the opportunity that we have this month to highlight some of these families and really bring awareness to childhood cancer. And uh, we're going to do that again next week with another impactful story. So we'll see you guys then.